Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number four of the Teacher Turn Alchemist podcast. My name is Lydia, and I am pumped that you took the time to join me today. This podcast is a record of my journey from special ed teacher to kombucha taproom owner, which also will be a training place and provide employment to adults with disabilities. This business is called Living Simple, Living Full Kombucha, where our motto is simply made full of opportunities. And you can visit us at livingsimplelivingfull.com. Phew, I apologize. It has taken me quite a lot longer to bring out another episode. To be honest, I've been enjoying a lot of time with family and friends enjoying this time of year. I went through a couple weeks where I was feeling really stressed and guilty for not producing and putting stuff out there. But I had to reframe again and just breathe and realize that it's okay to invest in relationships. In fact, for me, I've always been so work-centered and have been craving really good relationships. And I feel fortunate that in this season, I'm establishing some new friendships and have had time to revisit some old friends and balance work as best as I can. Also, a short summary, but my husband and I live in a little trailer home on the lake. And it's perfect for just the two of us, but in regards to hosting people, it isn't really the best to have large groups over. And since we live on a lake, we really enjoy and go all out having as many people up during the summer to spend time outside where we can just hang out and be here in the Midwest. So I don't even know if people listen to this podcast yet, but still feel like I had to apologize. And I'm eager to present this week's episode. So in last episode, I was going to say in last week's episode, but it's been longer than a week, (laughs) I discussed all things kombucha. And I debuted a mainstay segment to the pod in which I would share what I am sipping on in each episode. So for today, I am drinking a beautiful hibiscus watermelon. You know, I thought I was into watermelon a lot more. It's that perfect time of year to enjoy it since it's summer here where I am in Wisconsin. But recently, I haven't been thrilled to buy it or really drink it. I thought I was going to be like head over heels for this kombucha flavor, but I turned out thinking at the end of the day, meh. It's, it's not that great. I'm glad to hear that some of my friends enjoyed it though, as I know some of them, it was their favorite flavor. Plus watermelon does go a long way. So I tried it with a couple of different flavor combos. One of my favorites being mint. Mm, that was refreshing. But if I were to go look at all of my flavors I made recently again, and I had a lot to choose from, I'd probably go for something different. Right now I'm in the in-between stage of waiting for a bunch of bottles and fermentation too to be done. And I had a few watermelon bottles left over. So here I am. The color alone is just so beautiful, and I'll probably continue to make it, especially for my water-loving friends. I have some exciting updates to share on the biz. Actually, quite a lot since a lot of time has gone on. So for one, I spent several hours researching LLC versus sole proprietorship, which you guys know this is also foreign and new to me. So I watched a lot of YouTube videos, researched different forums, things like that. I wish someone could just tell me, in order to do a kombucha business, you must choose XYZ. But it isn't that simple, and I had to look at how I would like my business to operate and any potential risks, and at the end of the day, days, (laughs) I chose an LLC, which stands for Limited Liability Company. In a short summary, this basically means anything I do with my business is separate from my personal affairs, home, things like that. And I would not be personally liable for anything the business caused. So for example, even though kombucha labels share to not shake it up or leave kombucha out in the heat or it may cause an explosion of the bottle, Remember in the last episode, live SCOBY, it could still happen. And so if I were to be sued over that, I would not be liable as Lydia, the owner, but Living Simple Living Full would be sued as a business. 
I'll be honest, the paperwork stuff was pretty daunting to me and I decided that at the end of the day, I would hire a business to help me file and keep in compliance all of my paperwork, which I am very happy that I did. And yesterday, I received in the mail all of my official documents and Living Simple Living Full is an official registered business. Woohoo! So does that mean that I can start selling? No, (laughs) not even close. There are so many steps still in order to sell. In fact, there are so many that today I became pretty overwhelmed at what needs to happen next and came here to write this podcast instead. (laughs) I need to next apply for what is called a food processor license, which the state needs to have filed in order to ensure that what I am selling is made in a safe environment and what is inside of it is safe to consume. With that, there are a lot of steps to file, one of which is having a commercial kitchen to produce kombucha out of. Naive me thought that I could just make kombucha from my home and sell it, but it is not that easy as I need to have certain sanitation requirements met, and this needs to be done in a licensed commercial kitchen. So, I went on the hunt. And I'm going to do a slight tangent first and chat about how I found this commercial kitchen by way of my new job. Wait, what? New job? Oh, yeah. But wait, isn't your brewing kombucha your job, you might ask? That would be freaking cool. Don't get me wrong, but I can't sell yet, which means no money. And since I cannot make money until I get licensed, more money, I definitely need some forms of income in the meantime. But anyways, I had my friend Carrie, who I work with at the school, mention this taproom in my area. Now remember, I live in a really small town. One Dairy Queen, no stoplights population under 3,000? Something close by and as unique as a tap room is pretty unheard of. And sure enough, just 30 minutes north of me is a unique tap room called The Hive, which specializes in mead and they also make their own kombucha. What? Already I was pumped to visit as this was the closest tap room to my home and really anything like it in our little Midwest corner. COVID messed up going in within a timely fashion, but I did see on their Instagram page that they were hiring. So I was talking with my husband, Sean, and we just kept discussing how working in a tap room, especially one that brews kombucha, would be an amazing opportunity to learn, not to mention my extroverted self wanted an outlet to connect with people, and so I jumped on it. This place is incredible, you guys, and it really aligns with what I find valuable and important in a business. It's an amazing husband and wife team who left their jobs to brew mead and kombucha. Mead, if you are unfamiliar, is a honey wine, but they brew it like a beer, and it makes a really delicious, crisp, carbonated beverage. This mead is lovingly made using their own honey that's cultivated and collected from their own beehives that the owner, the wife, Isla, keeps on her own. Their mission is to bring people together and have even taken out the Wi-Fi and do not even have TVs inside like a typical bar would on purpose to promote face-to-face interactions. Additionally, they source everything from local and sustainable companies and farms nearby. I absolutely love that they do not look for shortcuts and are looking to bring the most wholesome product using what they have and helping out other businesses around them. I just completed my first month working there and I have really enjoyed the experience. Everyone is really kind and the community definitely responds so well to this place and seems to really come together there. Tim and Isla and the rest of the staff have been really nice to me and I look forward to learning but really also look forward to meeting so many people and have this experience to serve. If you want to check them out, which I definitely think that you should, they are on Instagram at The Hive Taproom or their website is thehivetaproom.com. 
So that whole exciting tangent was all to say that next door to the Hive Tap Room is an agricultural institute called Michael Fields, which focuses on sustainable agriculture, educating farmers, and the community to help produce products which stem from sustainable practices. And they also have a commercial kitchen in which their goal is to help food creators that share their same goal of sustainability get started with their own personal ventures. Hello there. Pick me, pick me. (laughs) I called. I was so excited. Left a message asking if they had any available space and would be willing to meet with me. And I will tell you how that all went after a really quick break. I left a voicemail and a week later, I got a call back from Michael Fields asking me to come in to tour the kitchen and to meet. And it went really well. We met several weeks ago and I could not be more excited. I got to explain my product and talk with the operator's manager named Shanna, who was so kind and really helpful. After touring, she said that she believed it could definitely work and when I'm ready to give her a call and to fill out a contract. I couldn't seal the deal as of yet because, again, I need to get that food processor license, but now that she gave me the verbal okay, when I'm ready to submit my paperwork for the license, part of the paperwork is filling out where my commercial kitchen is, so Michael Fields looks like a go. I just need to save up a little, sell more mead, DoorDash, Uber Eats, all the things, and fill out this paperwork correctly so that I can start producing in this kitchen. definitely progress and even just talking about it now makes the more daunting tedious paperwork steps seems manageable and something that I really want to tackle thank you to everyone who has reached out thus far on the journey it is so seriously incredible from phone calls after hearing a podcast to text messages fulfilling amazon wish list ideas goodness i super appreciate each of you and use your encouragement to spur (laughs) spur me forward and know that we are definitely moving forward together Last week's primary focus was on kombucha, and today I wanted to spend some time focusing on the other half of Living Simple Living Full kombucha and share my vision of how we, right now I, plan to train and employ adults with disabilities. It's difficult because it will be quite some time until Living Simple Living Full is able to train and hire anyone. Just sharing even a little bit ago, there are a lot of steps to even begin producing and selling kombucha and even many more steps to make enough money to have a place to train. That all being said, I have such strong faith in this mission and no one day living simple, living full will be able to hire and train. I just need to be okay with what phase I'm at. And right now that is the learning phase. So let me explain. Going into all the nuances about LLCs, for example, or the big Goliath task of he who should not be named, taxes. These are things that I have never really thought about or really been exposed to up until now. And yes, I know I've been an educator, but I have never been an employer. Although I have worked and provided services in and for adults with disabilities, I have not been the business owner establishing a foundation, rules, standards to be met, that kind of thing. You know, I have been asked on several occasions, why leave teaching now? I was helping students to reach their independent and vocational goals. Isn't that what you want to continue to do? Absolutely. Yes, I do. But for me, to be quite honest, if I were to continue teaching right now, I would use up all of my creative and emotional space and not have much inertia to propel me forward in this business. I wanted to give my students the best education, and I strive during my seven years of teaching to do just that. I wanted to give my students the best education, and I strive during my seven years of teaching to do just that. Were my lessons motivating, captivating even, I would ask myself. I had a high standard, even sometimes to the extent of unhealthy high standards, to keep the high energy and my emotional antennas 
on to be attuned to how my students were thinking and feeling. And I gladly poured out that energy each day. And speaking about it now, I get that tug because I loved it so much. And it just speaks to me that I'm still moving in the direction I want and still one day will be able to help meet those deserving individuals' goals of employment. But I have a lot to learn and I need to give myself time in order to learn. And that is why I'm not going back and teaching this year. One of the ways in which I'm learning and what I want to focus the remainder of this podcast on is what is in my understanding of the disabled population and history and why even now I've been challenged to shift many of my outlooks and my views. As I write this, I'm at the end of July, which is also Disabilities Pride Month. And it's sad to me that I did not know about Disabilities Pride Month until this year. For those wondering, Disabilities Pride Month coincides with the anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act in 1990. I was thinking born in 1990, and this important law acknowledging and prohibiting discrimination for the disabled population was just then created. Ugh, like, I, I apologize as my awareness has brought about a lot of frustration and a desire to act more to change many things going on today. More on that to come. Something I want to understand and get correct, if you will, is my choice of speech as it pertains to individuals with any disability. As a wannabe business owner who wants to empower, advocate, and showcase the disabled community in an honorable light, if I do not do my due diligence researching, asking questions, probably blundering, but learning from those blunders, I do not feel that living simple, living full will reach its full potential and mission. I have to realize that at the end of the day, I will not be able to ever please everyone. In fact, probably what I'm about to say regarding the disabled community may even offend people. I would hope that getting to know me, that it is never my intention to offend anyone, unless I feel what you have said is extremely belittling, and thus my opinion needs respectfully defending. But to know that I am always learning and not be too proud to admit that I may need to be corrected. In fact, you have my permission to slap me across the face. Okay, that's a little much. You can pour kombucha all over me if I say I have ever stopped learning and I am not willing to listen to your opinion because I know that I am right. I think as a movie Matilda when I say that, that haggard woman of a principal, Miss Trunchbull, stating what she has is much too good for children. I'm just, I'm trying to remember what her voice sounded like. It was probably not like that. But I pray that I never am looked at from future employees or customers as someone who is above someone and not an equal. So with that, here are some of my thoughts. Originally, when I set out my announcement about starting this business, I had used the term exceptionality as opposed to disability. As I've gone to college and been around people with various disabilities, taught as a teacher, wordage is like uber important. You most certainly want to respect and not offend, of course. I remember having lectures in college specifically talking about person-first language and how terms such as mentally retarded, handicapped, and even disability should never be used. When I say person-first language, that means to put the person first before their diagnoses. I'll use my cat named Minnie for this example and give her a diagnosis of ADHD. Using person-first language, I would say Minnie who has ADHD or Minnie who happens to have ADHD as person-first versus ADHD Minnie. You can play around with the diagnosis autistic MIDI, mentally ill MIDI. You get the point. So as a teacher, I always would put person first. And now going back to terms, I was in one school district in which they refer to disability as exceptionality, which if you were to look up exceptionality on the internet in regards to K-12 through education, 
It means someone has some area of functioning in which he or she is significantly different from an established norm. This definition includes both students with disabilities and those with special gifts or talents. In a weird way, it all made sense and it didn't. I started to refer to someone with a disability as an exceptionality because of the experience I had up until that point. The influences of what I was taught in schools and was hearing as I filled out paperwork and thinking overall, I was in a sense being kinder by not saying downright that someone was not abled or disabled in any regard. I was trying to be sensitive all the while neglecting more of the research and the culture surrounding the disabled community. But what I came to realize, especially as early as the last several months, is that I needed to do more work in educating myself that to voice the term disability or disabled is not a shush shush no word. By acknowledging a disability, it is to acknowledge a culture, visibility, a community of people who celebrate capturing different lifestyles and promoting awareness and are trying to change this world to be as inclusive, equal, and accessible as possible. Although exceptionalities is still a term, and for many may identify with this term, I myself now resonate more with this term in the history behind disability and the movements in which people with and without disabilities have raised to bring about change for our world. And for that reason, I've changed my wordage on my website and in future podcasts to say disability. But again, going back, I still respect your opinion and how you as a person, regardless of a disability or not, would like to be identified. In my role as a teacher, for example, I've had students who refuse to think that they have any type of a disability And anytime I use that term in a lesson, for example, they would cringe in front of me and ask me to use another term. I respect them and I respect their opinions. But having a teacher's role, been able to have conversations, how they can still acknowledge your disability and celebrate who they are as a person. Although, again, humble moment, even I, their teacher, was still learning about the term disability and I still really wish that I could go back and share more in those conversations. Just being real. Anyways... I would also have students who acknowledged their disability as their identity and always wanted to be associated with their diagnosis as it made them unique to who they were. And this is called identity first language. Again, just recently, I have found many individuals with disabilities prefer identity first. As like you hear in the name, they best identify with a diagnosis and how it has made them who they are today. As someone without a disability, it is my responsibility to first ask listen, and respect. And that leads me to the next big thing, a huge monumental lesson, listening. As I talk at you, this sounds really dumb in a sense, but I'm learning to be a better listener. One of my biggest critiques I would get from evaluators while teaching is that I did not give enough processing time or fully listen to some of my students' thoughts before moving on with a concept. Ouch. That hurt at first, but I came to realize the importance quickly on how by listening, not just to my students, but those around me, really helped me to understand and put into practice and share what I have learned. Since we're speaking directly about the disabled community, I know as I establish and build this business that although I am a voice for this mission to bring about this training and employment, I am not the only voice. In fact, I truly feel as though living simple, living full will take on a life of its own without really any of my voice. Privately, of course, I want to say, yeah, I did that by myself, but this business has to be built with pillars of purpose, and one of those needs to be a strong pillar of respect to listen to others, especially those with disabilities, to help create a business that works best for any future employee and customer that walk through our doors. And that's why I keep 
saying R and we in my podcast and all throughout social media, my website mostly, yes, I know that it is just me right now. But the more that I say me, 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 I know I'll just want to make it more mine and not have that we mentality. I have really big dreams for living simple, living full, but with a strong emphasis on helping to employ adults with disabilities. I feel it is very important to have the disabled community's voice be present. Just a little teaser. I have an idea to build lessons for schools, but create a led by living simple, living full employee with their own opinions and their own voice being heard throughout the entire process. There is just so much as a non-disabled person that I do not comprehend or acknowledge and having expertise and firsthand experience in a variety of areas will be monumental to where I see this company going and reaching. Recently, I've been trying to get my hands on content that highlights the disabled community and culture. Some I have found on my own, but many have been referred to by my friends who have disabilities and which I really appreciate. A few to highlight, if you haven't watched the documentary Crip Camp, A Disability Revolution, I found it on Netflix, I would highly suggest it as it goes into the history and the drive of some incredible people like Judy Human, who pushed the Section 504 and Disabilities Rights Agenda forward. Another resource which is newer to me is following the hashtag Disability Twitter on Twitter, which provides a lot of resources, points of view, and discussions that continue to educate me. In fact, this is where I read a lot more about the identity first language, and I really appreciate the person who shared that with me to check this out. Also, a lot of books. I'm currently waiting at the library for the book called Haben. Whoa, if you have a second, check out her TED Talk on YouTube, Navigating College as a Deafblind Woman, H-A-B-E-N, that's her name, Haben. And I recently watched again the progression of how we viewed anyone with a disability through the movie Willowbrook. I was shown this back my first year of college and remember that fire that it instilled inside of me. This one is a really hard one to watch. And I also want to say it's just disgusting that this was only in the 1950s. But I believe so necessary to see how society has treated a population of people and how now people are using that past as a fuel to continue this fight towards equal rights and access. When I envision living simple, living full, I have so many ideas as I lit on a little before. I envision a huge mural, Bucha named after my kitty. <laughs> but what I mostly dream of is bringing the community closer together and shining more awareness on what a huge benefit anyone with a disability can offer a company. I'm not an innovator. Sure, I took two passions and I want to put them together in what I think is something no one has put together. But many of the things that I want to do in Living Simple Living Full is by watching other companies. I'm really eager to learn from two companies that are really shining a light on providing an inclusive business place in my area. One of those places is Inspired Coffee, which is a coffee shop that recently opened earlier in June in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which provides training and competitive employment to individuals with disabilities. This is the first type of business in our area. Heck, I would even say state doing this, and it's really only 20 minutes away from my home. Inspired Coffee is a stem from Inspiration Ministries, which serves a large population of individuals with disabilities all over Wisconsin and promotes independence and compassion. I'm looking to learn from Inspired Coffee and Inspiration Ministries and hopefully partner in future endeavors. With that being said, this is where I may offend some people, but I'd like you to hear me out. Although I wholeheartedly agree in the mission Inspired Coffee and Inspiration Ministries, I am not a fan of the word inspired or inspirational when it comes to referring to someone with a disability. Again, 
love their movement. I'm just going to be that person that nitpicks the words, okay? I'm going to give a scenario, so hear me out. Have you ever heard or read or seen a heartfelt story of a guy that married a woman who was in a wheelchair and thought or said out loud even, I'm so inspired by them. How do they do it? That's incredible. I use this example because it's my own example in my own life. As a woman without a disability, I once thought, stickingly, that it's inspirational for a man to make it work with a woman who has a physical disability. Hello, social barrier and bias. What the actual F? Why did that come to my mind? It's sickening. I'm even ashamed, but I feel it's important to share right now. While looking at social norms, movies, magazines growing up, it was really rare for someone with any disability to be shown as a dominant character, and if they were, it was hardly in a normalized way. It was always tokenized as I have come to learn this term, in which someone who doesn't have a disability did something for a person who was disabled and felt really good about it, and in turn, felt good watching it. I learned that I was in a way groomed to think this way about the disabled community. I know that most people mean well. I know looking at myself and knowing my heart, I always meant well and I want to say the right thing. Again, going back to the terms we discussed earlier, but when seeing someone with a disability and we see them overcome something or approach something in a different way that is unlike how someone who does not have a disability would, like a marriage, I find it kind of repulsing that the word inspirational pops into my mind. I do. It's just, ugh. People do not have a choice to have their disability and are just living their life and making the world around them work the best for them that they can. I'm sorry if I seem really preachy, but I truly feel there needs to be a really different way in which we view individuals with disabilities in our society and that the disabled community should not be the exception, but the norm. I found this quote interesting from the late disabilities activist Stella Young. She said, most journalists seem utterly incapable of writing or talking about a person with a disability without using phrases like, overcoming disability, brave, suffers from, defying the odds, wheelchair bound, or her personal favorite, inspirational. I look back again to what I have been exposed to in my life and I see this as true. Stories of boy with Down syndrome nominated as prom king, wheelchair bound woman has able-bodied child. If you have time, I would encourage you to listen to Stella Young's TED Talk. I'm recommending a lot of TED Talks, but they're fantastic, which really helped me to understand. And it's titled, I'm Not Your Inspiration, Thank You Very Much, where she goes more into detail, especially from her own personal account, and goes into what she describes as disability porn. It's seriously really helpful and really helped me learn. People with disabilities are just using their bodies to the best of their capacity, and we need to stop objectifying this and turning it into an inspirational story to feel good. We need to stop objectifying this and turn it into an inspirational story to feel good. And this plays into why I'm also not having Living Simple Living Full be a nonprofit. If I were to do a nonprofit, again, hear me out, it would be focusing on the, again, my assumptions, but the, wow, you're helping people with disabilities get jobs. That's so amazing. They wouldn't have been able to do it without you. Inspirational. Wow. I'm looking to shift the view, okay? Yeah, I put it out there that I do want to employ people with disabilities, but I'm not in it for the fame of it. I'm more interested in the normalizing disabilities, and I have really high expectations and believe many of the future workers that will be coming through the doors of Living Simple, Living Full, that they will be very capable and they will need to meet the high expectations put before them without any special treatment. 
I'm having a for-profit model because we are selling a product and these adults need a launching pad to show others what they know. And by providing work and training, we can be a model to help other businesses see how they may too implement individuals with disabilities into their business. Does that make sense? In like a non-tokenized way, like it's just normal. And again, I'll say this one more time. I am in no way trying to bash Inspired Coffee. They have a very similar mission, and I know deep down their structure and their heart is for the right reasons of helping people with any disability reach their goal. And I'm really excited to meet them very soon and to drink some tea there really soon. I'll finish off this podcast with a brief teaching story as I feel it really wraps up this idea of never-ending learning pretty well. I also think that I'm going to make teaching memories another mainstay of this pod because it makes me happy and I love to reminisce about my teaching days. So I'm going to end with the beginning. So much so at the beginning that I had not even graduated from college and I didn't even have my own classroom. It was my final semester of student teaching and college all together and I was put into a middle school classroom teaching language arts. In my first episode, I told you I refer to all male students as kale. Well, after thinking, I'm going to refer to all female students as lemon. I really do not have an explanation on that, but don't even look into that for clues because there are none. Anyway, lemon it is. So anyway, there is a female student in this class who is diagnosed with Down syndrome. And boy, was Miss Lemon popular. She was cheering on the middle school team, playing in the Special Olympics. You walk down the hallway and I swear half the school would say hello to her. Lemon always seemed to be happy. I remember it was one of my last days working with Lemon in her class and we went to a pep rally to celebrate the end of school approaching. So there comes Lemon out in her cheerleading uniform, strutting her stuff and nailing the cheerleading routine. Seriously, she knew all the moves and she would always practice in class too. It was awesome. But seriously, she did great. There was a time when they featured Lemon and everyone clapped and cheered and everyone, including myself, was so proud of her for doing this intricate dance. One could say it was inspirational. Ugh, ugh. Sorry, too soon. Anyway, I remember after the pep rally, we were on our way back to our classroom since Lemon was in a self-contained special education setting. She was guided with other teachers like myself, and she attempted to go talk with a really popular boy and stated to him he was really cute. This boy was really kind, and he said thank you, but it was really hard not to notice the other guy friends around him jabbing one another in a somewhat mocking way that this girl with a disability just gave him a compliment. Just thinking how this may have played out in Lemon's mind, the adrenaline from the pep rally, her happiness, the boldness, ugh, her boldness always impressed me. She asked him out right then and there. He said that he was flattered, but he had a girlfriend. And this in the turn of a second made Lemon very upset as she ran back to the classroom, flustered and embarrassed. I remember Lemon sitting there in her uniform as her tears stopped and she said something, not 100% like this, but like along the lines of, I wish they could see me for me. And that really struck me. You can get all teachery on this and talk about boundaries and social etiquette, but in that moment, all I saw was a middle school cheerleader who crushed really hard on a boy and went for it and got rejected and couldn't help but think even now, is that one everybody else saw too? Or did they just see her disability? Thank you, Lemon, for pushing me in the right direction towards normalizing and not exceptionalizing and teaching me that day, even though I didn't know it quite then. Thank you so much for listening today. One more thing I am learning is all the places you can donate to continue this movement of normalizing and equal rights for the disabled community. 
I'm going to link several places you can go visit and to learn and support either directly individuals with disabilities who are using their voices for change or amazing organizations. And I'm sure there are so many that I didn't list. So feel free to share some organizations or people that you want to shout out and send me an email. That would be awesome. One amazing couple I have followed is um, Shane Burkow and his fiance Hannah. They started their own YouTube channel called Squirmy and Grubs, and they discuss openly about their life as an interabled couple. And earlier, Shane started, and now Hannah has joined as well, an organization that he called Laughing at My Own Nightmare. He's hilarious, which he invites people into his life. And again, he takes on a really humorous approach as he discusses his life with muscular dystrophy. And he raises funds through this organization to provide vital equipment and supplies to people with muscular dystrophy. So really awesome. I would encourage you to check them out. I'll link them below, like I said. I have a bomb idea. Replay this pod and tally up and drink for every time you hear the word disability. And that is a great starting point of how much you can donate to an organization. (laughs) Isn't that cool? I think I'm going to do that. Maybe not before I go to work. Okay, maybe later. I'd love to connect with you and have many different ways that you can reach me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and I always welcome an email from you at livingsimplelivingfull at gmail.com. If you're a fellow small business or a startup, how's your business going? Uh, What do you think when you hear the word inspirational? Are you offended by my views and you want to splash kombucha in my face and also kindly send me your thoughts? (laughs) Do you have someone, like I said, an organization that you want to share that highlights the disabled community? Or are you a teacher and you're just really excited to share a story with me of you in the classroom? I'd love to hear from you and look forward to chatting with you in next week's, hopefully next week's, really going to try hard episode. In the meantime, be well and cheers. Cheers.